and amen. Again, we appreciate everybody that's come out tonight. We appreciate you being here. We want to welcome those uh, that um, is with us by means of the uh, Internet. And we're going to get started right in our lesson tonight. And uh, run a few months, minutes later than what we normally do. But uh, I enjoyed the, the worship service was good tonight. I singing, I felt the spirit of the Lord, and we're just so, so thankful. Amen for the Lord. Um, we began last week a study in the book of James, and I've titled this The Principles of Practical Christianity. Um, the book of James just gets down to the brass tacks, and um, James don't play around. He tells them just exactly like it is. And we actually need, to, need more of that today in this world that we're living in. We need, uh, we need more. Um, tonight, I'm going to be speaking on a lesson titled Standing Stable in the Storm. Standing stable in the storm. As we continue in our study of James, our lesson this evening builds on what we began last week. And in our previous study, James was discussing trials, hardships, and struggles, the overall challenges we face in life. If you'll remember, um, that's what we we talked about um, on last week. The title of our lesson last week, if you'll remember, was the gift of the challenge. Um, because James was letting the church know that the resistance that we endure in the trials build the strength and character of the spiritual man inside us. And this is a little fellow lifting the weight that's there. Um, resistance builds strength, if you'll remember from last week. Um, and that's what um, we were working on. Um, now, our study tonight will let us look, look at a different aspect of trials by teaching us how we should conduct ourselves in the midst of the trial, we need to stand firm and stable in the storm. I don't know if you've ever thought about it or not, but the way that you react to situations in your life is either a good testimony or a bad testimony to people in the world. We can't always control what happens to us but we can control how we handle it. 
And last week we talked about those things happening to help us to grow in maturity in God. And as we grow into maturity, we learn or we should learn how to, how to deal with things better. Um, and letting the life of Christ shine through us. Now, <coughs> if you look at this first chapter of James, uh, you're going to see that James is talking mostly about trials in this chapter. They, there is a couple other things that he gets off on, but mainly everything he's talking about is going through trials, challenges, hardships. And when we interpret this writing of James, we need to remain faithful to the context of what he is saying and let it flow together as one. Not chop it up by everything that comes to our mind. So, um, one of my pet peeves is people who don't keep the scripture in the context. Uh, If you've ever heard the question asked, why there's so many beliefs in Christianity, one reason why that is, is because a lot of people, when they read the Bible, they, they don't give a flip about the context. I can take the Bible and prove about anything I want to prove if I don't care about the context the Scripture is in that I'm reading. I can take the Bible and prove that there's more than one God if I pull something out of context. All the cults that are in the world, they've got those cults because they pull Scripture out of context. Now, keeping that in mind, I want us to go to our scripture reading for tonight. And we're going to begin reading at verse 5. We read verses through verses 4 last week. We're going to begin reading verse 5. And I'm going to read uh, 5 through 12. He said, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich man uh, in his uh, humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat Then it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. 
so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, that is our scripture reference uh, tonight. And we begin, James said, if any lacks wisdom. You remember that. Now, wisdom for what? Now, here's what we're going to put into play, keeping things in the context and connected with the whole. James said, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Wisdom for what? Now, you can get technical if you like and tell me God gives us wisdom for anything, and that is true, He does. If you need wisdom for anything and pray for it, God will give it to it if you believe. That's true but not right here in this text where James is talking to us about how to deal with trials. To understand verse 5, we must, we must couple it to verse 4 where we left off last week. Notice, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. What's it say here? Lacking nothing. Then, in verse 5, he says that you be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And in verse 5, he comes right on and says, If any of you lacks wisdom... Do you see how verse 4 and verse 5 are connected? Amen. So the wisdom that you are asking for in this text is the wisdom to know what to do when you are going through the trial. We talked all about that last week, about the trials and the things that we go through. And God allows them and permits some so we can build the spiritual man. Well, when you're going through a trial, if you've been through some of the hard trials that the Lord has taken me through in my lifetime, when you're in the midst of a trial, many times you need to have wisdom to know what to do to get through that trial. Amen. Now, this is some good... Um, uh, deep teaching here of the Word of God on this. The wisdom you're asking for is wisdom to know what to do when you are going through the trial. Now, I want to read this text again, but I want to use it, I want to read it in the uh, um, God's Word translation. And this is what it reads like. If any of you needs wisdom to know what you should do. 
Notice how the God's Word translation brings this out. If any of you needs wisdom to know what you should do, you should ask God, and He will give it to you. God is generous to everyone and doesn't find fault with them. When you ask for something, don't have any doubts. A person who has doubts is like a wave that is blown by the wind and tossed by the sea. A person who has doubts shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. A person who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about that for a moment. One of the biggest questions that looms in our mind when trials strike our lives is, what do I do? I wonder if anybody, now you don't have to raise no hands, but have you been ever uh, been put in between a rock and a hard place and you simply didn't know what to do? How am I going to get out of the situation? Amen. What do I need to do? This question is probably one of the greatest weights for me to go through difficult times. We do not know what to do. We do not know what is the right choice. Man, I've been there many times. When, when our building burnt, man, my mind was going 110 miles an hour. I was, I was, I was, I was grasping straws. Amen. I didn't, there was a lot of time I didn't know the right choice that I should make. And we all go through situations like that. Amen. Uh, we do not know what the outcome is going to be. Everyone wants to know what to do in a trial. If you've ever really been through a trial, you're going to have questions. What do I need to do? How do I need to handle this? And James is dealing with this right here. And a lot of times we have read over and over and over this in the book of James. And we miss what James is trying to say. Because we want to tie that wisdom, up with it, just wisdom for anything. But, and miss that James, after talking about going through the trials, then he's talking about, um, how do we handle ourselves through the trials? Trials produce steadfastness, but we must let steadfastness have its perfect work. That is, prevail through the trial and not fail. When we do so, we will be lacking in nothing. But becoming complete Christians is a process. One trial does not make us perfect and complete in the Lord. Rather, each time we prevail through a trial, we are less spiritually deficit than we was before. 
Every time you go through a situation and you make it through it by the grace of God, the next time you're going to have a little bit more fortitude about you. You're going to have a little bit more ability and strength. (coughs) We want direction and guidance when we go through difficult times because we are not complete, perfect Christians who are lacking nothing. I don't know about you, but I'm still lacking some stuff in my life. We are in that process of becoming mature Christians, but there's more work that must be done. Paul said, I don't count myself to have apprehended yet. Paul said, I ain't going to test and tell you that I've got a hold of it all. Paul says, I ain't going to stand and tell you that I got it all together because I don't have it all together. So we are right to admit that we need wisdom. We need to have understanding to apply the spiritual knowledge that we have from the Scriptures. We need practical application of God's Word. Now, I'm... I'm coming to the meat of this as I come down to the close of it. During our trial, we cry out to God, God, what do I need to do? When you're going through something, what do I need to do? And James lets us know God will not fault you for asking that. He said, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who give us liberally and abradeth not, in the original King James. He's not going to find fault with you just because you're going through something and you have to go to him and say, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And James lets us know God won't fault you for that. But listen to me, what he will fault you for is not standing stable in the faith. It's one thing, listen to me now, it's one thing to pray and ask God what to do, but it's entirely another thing to wring your hands in disbelief and doubt and say to yourself, oh my God, what am I going to do now? That's what James meant here. He said, you're double-minded. Amen. You ain't, you're speaking two different things. What you're, you're asking me for something, but you're not asking in faith. You're wringing your hands. Oh, God, what am I going to do? You're not asking God nothing when you do like that. See, we are talking tonight about how we should Handle ourselves in the trial. There's nothing wrong if you don't know what to do and how to handle the situation to ask God for guidance. And he won't fault you for that. But if, you, if you're double-minded and you're asking God to give you understanding and direction, but yet you're doubting all the same time, God's not going to take you nowhere. You're not going to get your prayer answered. You have got to stand firm and stable in the storm. 
So God won't fault you for asking Him what to do, but He will fault you for not standing stable in the faith. Um, we as Christians should be a testimony to the world by standing stable in the storm and not let the world see us staggering and worrying about what are we going to do? Amen. I have never heard, I've heard people say it, uh, I have never heard an audible voice of God. But God has spoke to me umpteen million times. God has blessed us here recently. And we, uh, we were able uh, uh, to get our place paid off. And I remember when we were making that decision and um, uh, church had, had the business meeting and um, different, everybody was, was willing to uh, stand and, and help. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, in my flesh, I was scared to death. Uh, I looked down at them papers and, you know, uh, like a mortgage of like, you know, a uh, thousand something dollars a month. And I my Lord, me and the church together can't do this. I began to pray, began to talk to the Lord. I said, God, let me make the right decision. I said, every, I said, everybody's willing to, to do this, but I got to hear from you. And I got it marked in my Bible about the one of all, I've got all kinds, but the one that I love that went through the fire, I wouldn't take a million dollars for it. I got it marked. I was praying, I was fasting and seeking the Lord. And I opened that Bible. And I looked down on the pages. And I went right straight to a scripture that says, Buy the field and pay for it with the money. God took care of that. Many, many times, God has spoken. And I know he's spoken to many of y'all. So when you're going through something, it's nothing wrong. And you're calling out to God, God, give me an answer. Let me know what I need to do here. How do I need to handle this situation? And he won't fault you for doing that. He'll give you the wisdom and the direction for what you're asking for. But don't be double-minded about it. Don't be wringing your hands with worry and doubt. Oh my, what am I going to do now? What am... <coughs> That's not the picture 
that a child of God should be patent to the world. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen. And the final scripture that I'm going to read to close this out is an example from the man who's called the father of faith, Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. He's talking about Abraham here. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So I'm telling you tonight, church, those that are here, those watching online, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a hardship and a struggle, don't be double-minded. Don't be asking God for help and direction and then be double-minded about it, wringing your hands, word to death over how we're going to handle this. God has already told you he would withhold nothing good from those who walk up right before him. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow, but I, and I can't control what's going to happen to me tomorrow, but I can control how I handle it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My life is supposed to be a light, and the world's supposed to see me standing strong in faith, believing God, not doubting and not worrying about something, but trusting God Completely. Can you say amen? amen? Give the Lord a hand clap and stand together with me.